Welcome to the I'm Still Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Whitlow. I've been reading and studying the Bible my entire life, but I still have a lot of questions, and I'm still learning what it means. Each episode, we will take a look at what the Bible has to say and what it means to us today. Welcome to episode 35. Saying that someone gives as good as they get might be a good way to describe an MMA fighter or a political candidate, but it is sure not how Jesus describes the way his followers are to act in response to conflict. His message sounded countercultural then, and it sounds countercultural today. Listen in to today's study coming from Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 48. I'm calling this episode Love Your Enemies. I once heard a story about a man who was about to leave on a week-long business trip. He wanted to encourage his nine-year-old son to be responsible while he was gone. The dad told his boy that he should do things around the house that dad normally did while he was gone. He was thinking of things like helping to clear the table and taking out the trash. When he returned, he asked his wife how the son did in his absence. She said, You know, it was the strangest thing. Right after breakfast, he poured a cup of coffee and went into the living room, turned on the TV, and sat in the recliner all morning. The dad wondered if maybe his son had copied his behavior a little too accurately. In today's study, we hear Jesus giving his followers instruction on the proper way to represent the kingdom of heaven. This way of behaving is very different from our natural way of responding to things, but Jesus has asked nothing of us that he himself has not done. Today's reading comes from Matthew chapter 5 and verses 38 through 48. You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away those who want to borrow. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven, for he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. And if you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Back in 1987, a movie called The Untouchables was released. It was about the emergence of the FBI as it took on the gangster Al Capone in Chicago. There is a scene where a beat policeman, played by Sean Connery, is in a conversation with FBI agent Elliot Ness about what will be necessary to take down Capone. 
Ness says that he will use all legal means to defeat Capone, but the streetwise cop says, You want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. When he pulls a knife, you pull a gun. When he sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's how you get him. That's the Chicago way. Well, the Chicago way makes sense to us because it sounds like the pathway to a clear victory. Just keep escalating. Whatever your enemy does to you, do that and more to them until somebody loses. Trouble is, both sides lose greatly, and even when that round of the battle subsides, the resentment and anger never subsides. Look through history and you will see that even after a war has declared a victor, the old resentments and animosities that brought about the war remain, and they always reemerge at a later time. When God established His law for the children of Israel, He changed the rules in a significant way. He said that the punishment should be equal to the offense. No more, no less. You poke out my eye, I poke out one of yours. Not both eyes, not an eye and an ear. It's one eye for one eye. Now that sounds fair, doesn't it? Sure it does. Except we don't like ties. We like to win. And we want the other side to know that we won. They need to lose. So just like many other topics we have looked at in this podcast, when you try to make a list of regulated behaviors and formulas for righteousness, they get complicated And ultimately, they open loopholes for those who make the rules. Remember, when God called Israel to be His chosen people, it wasn't so that they would always get the best outcomes in every situation and the rest of the world would suffer. No, They were chosen so that the rest of the world would be blessed. The world would be introduced to God and invited to join God's people through the life they demonstrated through their obedience to God's instruction. And now Jesus is showing them a few ways that they can demonstrate what this life looks like by giving them three practical examples from their everyday lives. The first is what we commonly call turn the other cheek. Now, I've heard a lot of comments in my lifetime about this, and most of them have tried to minimize the strength of this example. It usually goes something like this. You get hit, you turn the other cheek. If you get hit again, then you can fight back because Jesus doesn't give instruction beyond the second hit. But I don't really think that's sound teaching. I don't think that's what Jesus said at all. Jesus himself took blow after blow and never responded to violence with violence. Maybe we can look at this example this way. To be slapped on the right cheek would usually mean that you have been slapped with the back of the instigator's right hand. That kind of slap isn't intended to knock someone out. It's intended to establish superiority. It's an insult. It's the way a master would slap a slave or someone would treat someone who they considered to be inferior. The expected response would be for the person to cower or to come up swinging. Jesus is saying, don't run away, 
and don't take the bait. By standing there and offering the left cheek, you're saying, you don't intimidate me. You can hit me again if you want, but it will be as equals. It really is a strong move. Just because you have initiated violence, it doesn't require me to respond with violence. Not even the equivalent violence of slap for slap. If the instigator continues the fracas, it just shows them up to be a bully. Then Jesus goes on to another common example of the day. Wealthy and powerful people would make loans to people in a tough situation, knowing that they were unlikely to be able to repay the debt. Then they would take them to court where the debtor would be sentenced to work off the debt, essentially enslaving them. So Jesus said, if you are sued and are ordered to give up your shirt, then give up your coat as well. Typically, those two items of clothing were all that were worn. So by giving both, you were saying, all right, here's what you want. You want to shame me by taking what little I have. Well, here you go. And by doing so, the debtor is exposing the motive of the powerful and thereby bringing shame on them. This silent action speaks much louder than an emotional harangue. The third example is of a Roman soldier who has ordered you to carry their gear for a mile. Roman law allowed this, but it also prohibited them from requiring you to carry it more than a mile. So instead of counting the steps to make sure that you don't go one step further than was required, Jesus says, go another mile. This causes an awkward situation for the soldier. It takes the power from him because you are doing more than is asked. You are now helping the one you disagree with politically, but you are also putting him at risk of disciplinary action if his superior sees that you are still carrying the stuff further than the one mile. So suddenly, through your act of kindness, you have established a completely different power dynamic. Once again, Jesus is establishing a different way of being human. Instead of plotting revenge or joining an armed resistance movement, Jesus shows us how to win God's kind of victory over violence and injustice. The way to represent God's kingdom of heaven that Jesus is describing was countercultural then, and it is still countercultural even today. Instead of plotting revenge on those we feel have disrespected us, Jesus says to pray for them. And he's not talking about praying that they fall in a hole. He wants us to love our enemies, to pray blessings on them. Everyone we come in contact with is created by God, known by God, and loved by God. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance with Jesus. God lets the sun shine on both the good and the bad, and He lets the rain water the fields of both the just and the unjust. You know, it's easy to love those we agree with. As Frank Burns, one of the characters of the old TV show MASH, said, it's nice to be nice to the nice. But being nice to the nice doesn't show any difference between the Christ follower and anyone else. The worst person you know has people in his life that he treats well. But the person who responds with grace when the world expects anger 
gives the world occasion to pause. And Jesus hasn't asked us to do anything that he didn't model while he was here with us. He responded to violence with peace. He responded to intimidation with confidence, and he responded to subjugation with grace. He calls us to respond in the same way. We are to be different. The Apostle Paul explained it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. You know, if we fight like the world does, we are no better than just another philosophy or political party. But if we profess to live as representatives of the kingdom of heaven, we are called to fight in the way that Jesus laid out for us. And it will look much different. And it is our only opportunity to be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the I'm Still Learning podcast. If you find this podcast interesting, won't you please share it with a friend? Also, let me know what you think. Find me on Facebook or Instagram under my name, Randy Whitlow. Or send an email to rbwhitlow at me.com. Until next week, I'm Randy Whitlow, and I'm still learning.